off to the comic book artist and they basically redraw what what I render, you know, in comic book format. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got four pages done just this week and uh, got six more to do to wrap up the issue. So they're currently working on the four pages that I just sent them. Those should be done pretty soon, and then I'll get the other six to them. And hopefully we'll get issue right. two done in a month or so if we can keep going on the pace that we've been doing. Awesome. So, yeah, that's been exciting. Yeah, that's uh, really cool. So as far as the um, as for, you know, the animation stuff and the software and you're getting learning more as far as the skill set and everything. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's it's been a little bit of a learning curve, but it's been it's been fun, you know, trying to figure it all out. And mm-hmm. uh, man, it's like the only thing, well, other than budget, <laughs> the only thing limiting me right now is uh, render speed. Uh, I mean, I have two um, RTX 2080 Ti's uh, for graphics cards in my computer, which are, you know, that's pretty high end. Whenever I tell people that, they're like, "Dude, wow." Um, but there's some new ones, the 2080, or excuse me, the 3080s and the 3090s that have come out, which are faster and cheaper than the 2080s were. The the 3080 is like wow. half the price of the 2080, and it's almost twice as fast. So, uh, yeah, I'm, they sold out like almost immediately, and because of COVID and everything, of course. Uh, yeah. distribution was somewhat halted. Uh, as I understand it, some people are still able to get them, but they haven't really been... Uh, made available to the public, generally speaking. Uh, at least that I'm not aware of. If anybody knows of where I can get them, post the post the link in the chat room because I'd definitely like to get my hands on one or two. Because um, they, I mean, render time. That's just, I mean, especially when you start dealing with lots of assets on the screen at the same time, characters and props and environments and stuff like that. It just takes forever to render, even just a few seconds. Does um, because I I'm not sure if it's uh, you know like like the Bitcoin miners they, it, it, are they seeking the same kind of cards? Uh, they're probably I mean, yeah I mean the high end miners probably are because you know it's all about cores and you know memory and speed and you know all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I I know a lot of people that do crypto mining, they are using lesser cards than than what I have. You know oh, they've got. Wow got stacks of like 1070s and 10 you know whatever you know i've got the 2080 um because it it, it's cost prohibitive i mean the the 2080s i'm trying to think they're like 1500 dollars each something like that uh but the 3080s are down like they're like 890 something like that 900 bucks so that's uh, a that's amazing usually you know when things get better and faster they get more expensive well, yeah, that's probably why they they were just gone off the shelves like immediately as soon as they were re- released. There's a right. lot of hype leading up to them. But yeah, I mean, I imagine the miners that are really trying to crank some stuff out are probably getting the stuff too. But, I mean, between miners, gamers, and uh, animators, mm-hmm. they're definitely yeah. in high demand. Well, that's awesome, brother. Um, as far as uh, Seattle, the what what else is upcoming as far as the the different film festivals uh yeah i think there's a couple more within the next month or two uh that are coming up but most of them are later this year at least the ones that i submitted to 
So uh, I got another writer that's working on uh, a couple of scripts for me. I haven't read his his work yet, but he's cranking away. He's like, I'm, I'm flying without air traffic control here. So I'm just, I'm like, yeah, I know, brother, just keep going. I mean, no, nothing goes to waste. Everything is, you know, either you know, modified, you know, mm-hmm. used later or it's a learning experience, you know, so right. nothing goes to waste, but, you know, keep plugging away. It's just, yeah, I'm one person. So I, you know, I got all my time right now is, is being taken up trying to, while I have the artists available, the, the comic book artists are like, Hey, we're ready. If you are, I'm like, okay, let's go. So, you know, I got to tap it while I can, you know? Right. Um, and then once that, once issue two is done, I'll shift gears, work with the writers some more. And the video game was doing well, but the lead programmer ended up, uh, having his, you know, his gallbladder or something, uh, uh became gangrenous and, um, I had to have it taken out. Uh, he's recovering well from what I understand, but he's got about a four to six week recovery. So mm-hmm. uh, things are on hold there, but you know, just one day at a time, you know? Yeah. Well, and then you just move with, you know, whatever it is, uh, you want to keep all, all the different groups and people, you know, moving forward as well. So, yeah. What about you? What you been up to since last we spoke? Um, just working on different books and, um projects we just released paradise my uh, daughter-in-law joy finished it and it's the one the cradle um, of the human race at the north pole and mm. it's wow. written by uh reverend william warren um mm. and he covers all of the myths and legends and history and uh, oral traditions of all the different peoples from all over the world about the North Pole being the cradle of humanity and how mm. Hyperborea, uh, Olympus, Mount Meru, all of that. He takes, you know, and even though he writes it from a heliocentric perspective, because he is a, you know, believes in the Copernican world model, uh, at least he still preserves all of that ancient knowledge mm. and brings it forth uh, even though he you know is contrary in opinion to what they state uh, he does preserve uh, their perspective very well and also shares it uh, you know but he does rebut it and is not in agreement with it in his conclusions but still you know you have all of that information there and it's a sizable book uh and but it's an incredible read and it gives you insight it was um something that i had looked into and read before i um completed my paradise book and uh there are some you know some information i was able to to glean from the work that he had done on paradise and the North Pole and all that as well. Nice. So quite interesting. There's a, a new documentary that came out, I think this just past week, I think, uh, by Dr. Stephen Greer um, called, uh-huh. I think it's called Cosmic Hoax. Cosmic Hoax. Now, of course, Stephen Greer believes in aliens. He believes the Copernican yeah. model, believes that they're right. The, the aliens are good. They have our best interest at heart. We need to stop, you know, treating them bad because, you know, it, it, we're the bad kids in the neighborhood, so <laughs> to speak. 
Right, you know, right. it's all about, you know, let's welcome E.T. with open arms and join the cosmic neighborhood. Uh, however, so if you, you put that bias aside, the rest of the documentary is very well done in showing how so much of what's happening with UFOs and alien abduction scenarios and everything is is a false flag. It's completely fraudulent. Government even gets into the creation of anti-gravitics back in the 20s up to the 50s and and showing how, you know, the, the, what we think are UFO spaceships from other worlds are really human engineered things that were created. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, he like he makes our case for us with without being on our page, kind of similar to what you're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. with, with this with this other guy. I'm like, oh, man, there's like a lot of good information in this uh, this documentary. I, I don't know if you have a chance to see it, but you should check it out. Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, what was the name of it again? I believe it's Cosmic Hoax. I can look that up okay. during the break, but uh, it, but yeah, I mean, it just came out. I believe this this month, so fairly recently. Okay, I'll check that out. Um, I I'm not sure if you had um, heard about or looked into, you know, how all this disclosure is happening now with, you know, the congressional hearings on yeah. what happened with the the aircraft carriers and all that yeah oh you yeah. did okay yeah no i've been yeah. totally following all that and um and that's why i think this is very timely and i think right. yeah it's called the cosmic hoax and expose uh and it was released let's see here on july 4th so oh, uh, wow. okay uh, and what's interesting though like he, his whole thing is you know he's got um CE five close encounters five uh, of the fifth kind. I mean, uh, and his whole thing is we need to get on a spiritual plane with these ETs, you know? So I'm like, after everything that he says, isn't it interesting that he has to do spiritual, uh, practices, new age type of stuff to get it. And and yet he doesn't believe that they are, you know, angelic demonic or, you know, of the supernatural. You know, mm-hmm. you know, that he still thinks, you know, it's like, well, why is it then that you have to do religious type of activity, right. contact them? And why is it that they take a special interest in trying to debunk religion, especially that of Jesus Christ, Yeshua? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And, yeah. and why do they flee at his name? You know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like, um, you know, when he cast out Legion. <laughs> In the yeah. scriptures, and they recognized him as the uh, the son of God and as their judge and tormentor. They even say, "Yeah, so. yeah." And there's an there's another. In fact, we might have time to play some of it uh, if you don't mind. Got about 15 yeah, minutes for the break. There's a guy. I think his name's Michael. I forget his last name from a YouTube channel called Olive Branch Fellowship. Have you ever heard of uh-huh. that? No. Well, he does a really good, since we're going to get into Targums and stuff as usual yeah. uh, in this broadcast, he does a really good job of explaining the Targums and specifically who Jonathan was, Targum Jonathan. Really? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll, play, I'll probably play to the break. I'll, I'll put it on like one and a half speed so we can get through a fair amount of it. Okay, uh, sure. I, of course, I watch, every, I, I watch everything in double speed, so hopefully everybody can yeah. keep up, but... Uh, Okay, let me play this here. This is from a, he's got a six-part series called Divinity Unveiled. Uh, It's a fantastic series as far as I'm concerned. I've I've listened to the whole thing on double speed like twice already. Um, And they're each like an hour to two hours long. But 
This is Divinity Unveiled Part 2, the word of Yahuwah. Hang on. Sweet. Um, Not hearing anything. You're not. Mm-mm. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I forgot that uh, when we're on Skype, I've got to enable screen share. Okay. Uh, share computer sound screen share start sharing. Yeah, it was going through probably on YouTube, but not on uh, Skype. Let me try this again. I'm back up. Can you hear this? The following are quotes from a Jewish yes. encyclopedia. So this is not even messianic. Okay. Um, the word in the sense of the creative or directive word or speech of God manifesting his power in the world of matter or mind. So in English, basically, Yah interacting with creation, in, with physical. Yah's eternal, this is him interacting with the physical. A term used, especially in the Targum, is a substitute for the Lord, when an anthropomorphic expression is to be avoided. Remember from the tail end of last week, the, the, the status quo of Jewish thinking, Yah cannot have a body. So all these passages in scripture, as we'll cover, where we see anthropomorphisms happen, that was the word. It's Yah manifesting himself. It's him, but it's not fully him, if that makes sense. In scripture, the word of the Lord commonly denotes the speech addressed to patriarch or prophet, as I've just mentioned, and the word of Yah came, saying, but frequently it denotes also the creative word. So when something creative would happen, that was done through his word. For example, in Psalm 33, this is from our, you know, the ISR version. By the word of Yah, the heavens were made and all their hosts by the spirit of his mouth. Interesting. The word, the spirit kind of being merged together. Gathering the waters of the sea together as a heap, laying up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear Yah. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood fast. So this would be an idea, uh, an example of the creative properties of his word. The word heard and announced by the prophet often became in the conception of the seer an efficacious power apart from God, as was the angel or the messenger of God. So efficacious that it's working and it's doing something and succeeding is the sort of idea. And notice that this was, it was apart from God, but yet it was him. In the Targum, the Memra, Memra is the Aramaic for the word, the Devar. The Memra figures constantly as the manifestation of the divine power, or as God's messenger in place of God himself, wherever the predicate is not in conformity with the dignity or the spirituality of the deity. So basically, again, this idea, Yah himself cannot come into corporeal fashion, therefore it's his word. This is how they get around it, basically. Like the Shekhinah, the Memra, the word, is accordingly the manifestation of God. This is how... Judaism understands this topic. Notice, it's not something else. It's not another personality. It's God manifesting. We'll get more in-depth with this. Let's begin to look at how the word was understood by first-century believers, right? We want to get back to the faith of Messiah and the disciples. So how did they understand it? Not how modern Judaism understands it, not how Christianity understands it. Remember, both sides of the river have their own stuff to deal with. To do this, we will compare scripture with the Targums. The Targums were Aramaic translations of the original Tanakh. We covered this, that uh, when they came out of Babylon, the Jews, um, a lot of them started speaking Aramaic, and some, some of them didn't speak Hebrew. Um, so in the synagogue, you would have people that spoke Hebrew and those who spoke Aramaic. So for everyone to understand, the Hebrew scriptures would be read out, and then another person would translate into Aramaic. These often added little embellishments that help us understand how those translating the Tanakh understood certain verses. You'll find that in the various Targums, um, that they insert not so much their bias, but their understanding of it. They add their interpretation to certain verses, which is interesting. 
These were read aloud in the synagogues, which means they were sanctioned and licensed by the religious authority. So it wasn't, you couldn't just pick any old Tom, Dick and Harry off the street and say, can you translate for me? There were people specifically trained for this, but they, were, they would have arguably been rabbis that spoke both languages and they would have been sanctioned by the religious authority. This means that the first century believers would have been very well acquainted with the Targums and their contents. Very well acquainted. Just so that people understand as well, uh, Aramaic and Hebrew use the same script and they're, they're very, very similar. Very similar. The Targums we'll be looking at today are the Targum of Jonathan ben Uziel and the Jerusalem Targum. Now, let's have a little thing about Jonathan, see who he was. Jonathan ben Uziel was one of the 80 Tanaims that studied under Hillel the Elder during the time of Roman rule Judea. Do you remember last week I showed that little thing of the chart of all the rabbinic ages? This was the first one, or the second, sorry. And the Tanaim were from 0 AD to 200 AD. Now, Hillel the Elder lived like 110 BC, I think. Hang on. I think, I'm, uh, anyway, uh, Jonathan ben Uziel was Hillel's most distinguished pupil. Of the 80 he taught, Jonathan ben Uziel was top of the class. Hillel the Elder lived from 110 BC to 10 AD and set up the school of Hillel for Tanaim. Now, in Yeshua's there, you had the, the school of Hillel versus the school of Shammai. And these two bickered and fought all the time. You actually catch wind of this in some of the Gospels, if you know what you're looking for. This makes Jonathan ben Uziel a contemporary of Yeshua. Yeshua would have known who this guy was. He, was, he would have been arguably the authority on Targums of the day. Yeah, it's a long time for someone that age. Jonathan Ben Uziel is held by the Jews in the highest esteem. I mean, he's basically one down from Moses in their thinking. His paraphrases are considered as by the synagogue as inspired. So very much how we consider the New Testament to be part of canon, part of scripture. You know, we, we agree that Yeshua's disciples have the spirit upon them. Therefore, what they say must be inspired by the spirit, right? This is how the Jews viewed ben, Jonathan Ben Uziel and his targum. It was scripture. The synagogue maintains that the prophets Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi gave Jonathan ben Uziel the paraphrase written upon a scroll over his head. It's interesting. Nice little story they've got going there. We read in the Talmud, Jonathan ben Uziel was worthy of the Shekhinah which rested upon him as he did upon our teacher Moses. Now, what was it that rested upon Moses? The spirit. So the, the divine presence. So this is what the Jews are saying, that uh, Jonathan ben Uziel had the same spirit that Moses did. This is how high they regard it. So he's not just some guy. This guy had some clout. He was such a holy man that when he studied the law, the birds flying over him were burned to death. <laughs> I, I, I love that, you know, it's brilliant. <laughs> so let, let's, this is just a foundation. So let's, we're going to be doing a lot of comparison now. We're going to compare Tanakh and we're going to compare it to Targum. We're going to do a lot of that. And Elohim created the man in his image. In the image of Elohim, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The Targum says, and the word of the Lord created man in his likeness. In his likeness in the likeness of the presence of the Lord. Notice the interplay. So the word of the Lord is considered the presence of the Lord. Not the presence of another person, it's his presence. Now, why? Again, because they use the word as a way to avoid Elohim, the ultimate divinity, to be anthropomorphized. He, cannot, he just cannot have a body. That's basically where this comes from. He created him, the male and his yoke fellow, he created them. Now, in Isaiah 63, 9, we covered this last week. In all their distress, he was distressed, and the messenger of his presence saved them. So the word is considered the presence, as was the angel of Yah. Let's look at Genesis 2. And Yah Elohim planted a garden in Eden to the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. The Targum says this, and a garden from the Eden of the just was planted by the word of the Lord God before the creation of the world, and he made there to dwell the man when he had created him. The word created man. Again, like one thing is that, remember how uh, uh, Hebrew thought that they were like very strict monotheistic, right? There's only Yah, nothing else. The word was an agency so that they could basically anthropomorphize him without bringing deity down. This, was, this is the logic. Genesis 3. 
And they heard the sound of Ya Elohim. Now, the voice there is, the word there is kol, which means voice, actually. It says, they heard the voice of Yah Elohim. The King James brings this, out, brings this out, actually. Walking about in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yah Elohim. Notice that the voice of Yah is his presence from among the trees in the garden. And Yah Elohim called unto Adam and said to him, where are you? This is how, oh, and he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid myself. This is the way the Targum puts it. And they heard the voice of the word of the Lord walking in the garden. Again, Yah himself cannot be walking because that means he's got feet and legs. So they say the word of the Lord. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from before the Lord God. Please notice that the word of the Lord God is the same as the Lord God. And the word of the Lord God called unto Adam and said to him, Behold, the world which I have created is manifest before me. And how thinkest thou that the place in the midst whereof thou art is not revealed before me? Where is the commandment which I taught thee? See, you can see how they're starting to interpret a verse. And he said, the voice of thy word heard I in the garden. And I was afraid because I am naked. And the commandments which thou didst teach me, I have transgressed. Therefore, I hid myself from shame. In Genesis 7, and they went into the ark to Noah, two by two, of all flesh in which is the breath of life. And those going in, male and female of all flesh, went in as Elohim had commanded him, and Yah shut him in. In the Targum, it says, and they entered the, to, to Noah in the ark, into the ark, two of two of all flesh in which was the breath of life. And they coming entered, male and female, of all flesh unto him, as the Lord had instructed him. And the word of the Lord covered the door of the ark upon the face thereof. And the word of the Lord God was merciful upon him. Remember, this is what's been preached from the synagogue in the first century, as scripture. And Elohim said, this is chapter 9, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all generations to come. I shall set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And it shall be, when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud, and I shall remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and never again let the waters become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I shall see it to remember the everlasting covenant between Elohim and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And Elohim said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Let's see what the Targum says. The Targum on this is amazing. And the Lord said, this is the sign of the covenant which I established between my word and between you. Every living soul that is with you unto the generations of the world. Changes things up just a little bit. I have, seen, I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of the covenant between my word and the earth. And it shall be that when I spread forth my glorious cloud over the earth, the bow shall be seen in the daytime, while the sun is not sunk or hidden in a cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between my word and between you, and every living soul of all flesh, that there shall not be the waters of a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it to remember the everlasting covenant between the word of the Lord God and every living soul of all flesh that is upon the earth. And the Lord said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have covenanted between my word and between the word, the word for all flesh that is upon the earth. It, it, to me, this is amazing. And let's remember that they didn't just like, pull this out of thin air all of a sudden in the first century. These, this was passed on generation to generation from discipler to disciplee. I like this one. Power of I'm going to stop there because we're about ready to go to break. But uh, it's really good. And, yeah, he, and he gave a really good background on who... You know, we always hear Targum Jonathan, but like, who is Jonathan? You know, right. uh, so I thought that was a, a really good because we we talk about the Targum so much here. So I figured this would be a good thing for people to check out. We've been putting the uh, Kevin. Thank you. He's been posting the link to the playlist in the uh, chat room for people. But man, all six videos are real. I'm excited to check that out, brother. Thank you.
As a bookstore for truth seekers, it's our goal to make ancient manuscripts which were once held captive by secretive institutions available for public consideration. In our generation where wisdom has increased as Daniel the prophet foretold, we have access to many of the testimonies our early church brethren were persecuted for preserving. After being hidden for centuries, these manuscripts have been leaked from various sources throughout the earth, and it's our goal to gather these sources into printable form to make available for all who seek the ancient way. If you're looking to deepen your studies of the biblical narrative, find these ancient manuscripts and more at sacredwordpublishing.com. In a world where we are ridiculed for questioning mainstream narrative, it can feel like we are studying alone. So together with you, Sacred Word Publishing classes has begun. Are you interested in Biblical Hebrew, the Nokian calendar, extra biblical texts, or other esoteric topics? Join any class for free. Or do you have research you'd like to share with fellow truth seekers? We'd love to help you set up a class. As students, we also have an opportunity to be teachers, and whichever role you're settled into today, we'll be happy to study with you at swpclass.com. Email us at sacredwordpublishingllc at gmail.com with your class ideas, and we look forward to learning with you. See you in class! seekers are constantly studying alone. But there is a place where we can come together. The Digital Readers Club is our online ecclesia meant for those who've forsaken churchianity but still want the closeness of a family to study with. Join us every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time to put together the puzzle pieces of truth scattered throughout the ancient scriptures. And in those days, there were giants in the land, and the sons of the angels of God looked upon the daughters of men and found them fair, and took of their wives, and their sons became of old great men of renown. So they have been mixing with us on a genetic level since the time of Enoch and Ezekiel's will. Or that maybe with time we'll do 
right and evolve and eventually reach what they seek and then solve all the problems of man but they really don't know that they fall and the works of our hands are but just filthy rags so we travel the lands to dig up our past time our lapses and wind our hearts of the facts of our magic and God's all right, welcome back everybody for a second portion. Um, the amplified speed or the 1.5 that was perfect because <laughs> it just sounded like he was speaking normally. And um, I was really um, interested in what he had to say. And even though I knew about and had heard about and read about what he was talking about, it, it's so nice to hear somebody else sharing that information uh, yeah. and to have somebody else as a confirming witness because I know a lot of people just think I'm crazy anyways and you know <laughs> that um, and so because of that they don't really listen to or um, give any credit to to what I say <laughs> but yeah. to hear other people you know really elaborating um, and elucidating in that manner yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited uh, to check out the entire series because for him to know about and to give honor uh, and to also, you know, to um, to really place uh, the the Targum in what because I think it's very important and mm -hmm. I think it's really life changing when people begin to study it and understand and comprehend exactly what he was talking about how the word of the lord is given so much precedence and brought forth in a light that is not found in the king james or the other modern english translations and it's so unfortunate that wherever they did because i think it was purpose uh you know that they purposely removed the target because you can't take 217 allusions to the word in the first five books of the Pentateuch out and it'd be an accident, you know? I mean, uh -huh. that, that just does not, that would not happen. And so it was a purposeful removal to try to hide and to confuse and to keep people in the dark with regard to Yahushua being the word and being the embodiment of Yahuwah in the flesh and so yeah very important and so it's good to see this individual um really bringing forth this knowledge in that manner yeah he does a i i like his style and uh, I'm, I'm a linear person i like to you know take me on a progression build you mm -hmm. know start as early as you can and build up to where you're trying to get me to and take me along the journey, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I thought he did a really good job of that. The first part, uh, he makes the case for Yeshua being the messenger or angel of the Lord, you know, throughout yeah. the scripture, right. but also the word. I mean, there are different uh, phrases that are used for him, you know, and he's, I'm in complete agreement with him because Yeshua is the, the uh, angel slash messenger of the Lord. He's the word right. of the Lord. He's the right hand arm of the Lord, right. you know, uh, and he's it, it, he's showing how Yahuwah interacted with us through this being that we yes. know as now as Yeshua or Jesus Christ, you know. But right. in the Old Testament, how he was 
understood. Uh, I, I just thought he did such a great job. And uh, and then he toward the end, he, he gets into where how in the later centuries, like in the 200s and 300s, uh, different doctrines started being put forward that get us away from understanding all that and how right. why we are missing it, you know, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, I put the link. It, it's it's been shared in the uh, YouTube chat, but also in the um, uh, Skype chat. I put in there for you. Great, I think you great. really 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 enjoy it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, very yeah. cool. Well, um, on that note, I think we yeah. should get into it. Okay, um, I left off in Joshua fifty-one. I didn't get to finish that chapter. Before the show ended last week, I got as far as chapter 51, verse 43. So I can pick up from there. Um, and then we, uh, we're we up to Genesis 45 next. So let me just take a quick look at Genesis 45 and see where it begins. Okay, Genesis 45 begins where he reveals himself to his brothers. Brothers, yeah. He, he couldn't take it anymore. He says, okay, guess what, guys? It's me. Um so let me see if I can get us that far in Joshua. All right, sounds good. All right, and Simeon said, this is chapter 51, verse 44. And Simeon said unto his brethren, none of you must say that this is the smiting of an Egyptian, but it is the smiting of the house of my father. And after this, Joseph ordered him to be called who was set over the storehouse to fill their sacks with corn as much as they could carry and to restore every man's money into his sack and to give them provision for the road. And thus did he unto them. And Joseph commanded them saying, take heed lest you transgress my orders to bring your brother as I have told you. And it shall be when you bring your brother hither unto me, then will I know that you are true men and you shall traffic in the land and I will restore unto you your brother and you shall return in peace to your father. And they all answered and said, according as our Lord speaketh, so will we do. And they bowed down to him to the ground. And every man lifted his corn upon his ass, and they went out to go to the land of Canaan to their father. And they went to the inn, and Levi spread his sack to give provender to his ass when he saw, and behold, his money in full weight was still in his sack. And the man was greatly afraid, and he said unto his brother, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. When the men were greatly afraid, and they said, What is this that God hath done unto us? And they all said, And where is the Lord's kindness with our fathers, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that the Lord has this day delivered us into the hands of the king of Egypt to contrive against us? And Judah said unto them, Surely we are guilty sinners before the Lord our God, and having sold our brother our own flesh. And wherefore do you say, Where is the Lord's kindness with our fathers? And Reuben said unto them, Said I not unto you, Do not sin against the lad? And you would not listen to me? Now God requireth him from us. And how dare you say, Where is the Lord's kindness with our fathers, whilst you have sinned unto the Lord? And they tarried overnight in that place. And they rose up early in the morning and laded their asses with corn. And they led them and went on to and came to their father's house in the land of Canaan. And Jacob and his household went out to meet his sons. And Jacob saw, and behold, their brother Simeon was not with them. And Jacob said unto his sons, Where is your brother Simeon? whom I do not see. And his sons told him all that had befallen them in Egypt. Chapter 52. 
And they entered their house, and every man opened his sack, and they saw, and behold, every man's bundle of money was there, at which they and their father were greatly terrified. And Jacob said unto them, What is this that you have done to me? I sent your brother Joseph to... I sent your brother Joseph to inquire after your welfare, and you said unto me, A wild beast did devour him. And Simeon went with you to buy food, and you say the king of Egypt hath confined him in prison. And you wish to take Benjamin to cause his death also, and bring down my gray hairs and sorrow to the grave on account of Benjamin and his brother Joseph? Now therefore my son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. And mischief shall befall him by the way in which you go, as it befell his brother. And Reuben said unto his father, Thou shalt slay my two sons, if I do not bring thy son, and place him before thee. And Jacob said unto his sons, Abide ye here, and do not go down to Egypt, for my son shall not go down with you to Egypt, nor die like his brother. And Judah said unto him, Refrain ye from him until the corn is finished. And he will then say, take down your brother when he will find his own life and the life of his household in danger from the famine. And in those days, the famine was sore throughout the land. And all the people of the earth went and came to Egypt to buy food. For the famine prevailed greatly against them. And the sons of Jacob remained in Canaan a year and two months until their corn was finished. So Simeon's sitting down there for a year and two months, 14 months. Wow, dude. That's, oh, and it came to pass after their corn was finished, the whole household of Jacob was pinched with hunger and all the infants of the sons of Jacob came together and they approached Jacob and they all surrounded him. And they said unto him, give us bread and wherefore shall we all perish through hunger in thy presence? Jacob heard the words of his son's children and he wept a great weeping and his pity was aroused for them. And Jacob called unto his sons and they all came and sat before him. And Jacob said unto them, and have you not seen how your children have been weeping over me this day, saying, Give us unto us bread, and there is none? Now therefore return and buy for us a little food. And Judah answered and said unto his father, If thou wilt send our brother with us, we will go down and buy corn for thee. And if thou wilt not send him, then we will not go down. For surely the king of Egypt particularly enjoyed us, enjoined us, saying, you shall not see my face unless your brother be with you. For the king of Egypt is a strong and mighty king. And before, and behold, if we shall go to him without our brother, we shall all be put to death. Dost thou not know, and hast thou not heard, that this king is very powerful and wise, and there is not like unto him in all the earth? Behold, we have seen all the kings of the earth, and we have not seen one like that king, the king of Egypt. Surely amongst all the kings of the earth there is none greater than Abimelech, king of the Philistines, yet the king of Egypt is greater and mightier than he. And Abimelech can only be compared to one of his officers. Father, has not thou hast not seen his palace and his throne and all his servants standing before him. Thou hast not seen that king upon his throne in his pomp and royal appearance, dressed in his kingly robes with a large golden crown upon his head. Thou hast not seen the glory and the honor and glory which God has given unto him, for there is not like unto him in all the earth. Father, thou hast not seen the wisdom, the understanding, and the knowledge which God has given in his heart, nor heard his sweet voice when he spake unto us. We know not, Father, who made him acquainted with our names and all that befell us, yet he asked also after thee, saying, Is your father still living, and is it well with him? Thou hast not seen the affairs of the government of Egypt regulated by him without inquiring 
of Pharaoh, his lord. Thou hast not seen the awe and fear which he impressed upon all the Egyptians. And also when we went from him, we threatened to do unto Egypt like unto the rest of the cities of the Amorites. And we were exceedingly wroth against all his words which he spoke concerning us as spies. And now when we shall again come before him, his terror will befall will fall upon us all, and not one of us will be able to speak unto him either a little or a great thing. Now therefore, Father, send we pray thee the lad with us, and we will go down and buy thee food for our support, and not die through hunger. And Jacob said, Why have you dealt so ill with me to tell the king that you had a brother? What is this thing that you have done unto me? And Judah said unto Jacob his father, Give the lad into my care, and we will rise up and go down to Egypt and buy corn, and then return. And it shall be when we return, if the lad be not with us, then let me bear the, thy blame forever. Hast thou seen all our infants weeping over thee through hunger, and there is no power in thy hand to satisfy them? Now let thy pity be roused for them, and send our brother with us, and we will go. For how will the Lord's kindness to our ancestors be manifested to thee, when thou sayest that the king of Egypt will take away thy son. As the Lord liveth, I will not leave him until I bring him and place him before thee. But pray for us unto the Lord that he may deal kindly with us, to cause us to be received favorably and kindly before the king of Egypt and his men. For had we not delayed, surely now we had returned a second time with thy son. And Jacob said unto his sons, I trust in the Lord God that he may deliver you and give you favor in the sight of the king of Egypt and in the sight of all his men. Now therefore rise up and go to the man and take for him in your hands a present from what can be obtained in the land and bring it before him. And may the almighty God give you mercy before him that he may send Benjamin and Simeon your brethren with you. And all the men rose up and they took their brother Benjamin and they took in their hands a large present of the best of the land, and they also took a double portion of silver. And Jacob strictly commanded his sons concerning Benjamin, saying, Take heed of him in the way in which you are going, and do not separate yourselves from him in the road, neither in Egypt. And Jacob rose up from his sons and spread forth his hands, and he prayed unto the Lord on account of his sons, saying, O Lord God of heaven and earth, remember thy covenant with our father Abraham. Remember it with my father Isaac. And deal kindly with my sons, and deliver them not into the hands of the king of Egypt. Do it, I pray thee, O God, for the sake of thy mercies, and redeem all my children, and rescue them from Egyptian power, and send them their two brothers. And all the wives of the sons of Jacob and their children lifted up their eyes to heaven, and they all wept before the Lord, and cried unto him to deliver their fathers from the hand of the king of Egypt. And Jacob wrote a record to the king of Egypt and gave it into the hand of Judah and into the hands of his sons for the king of Egypt, saying, From thy servant Jacob, son of Isaac, son of Abraham, the Hebrew, the prince of God, to the powerful and wise king, the revealer of secrets, king of Egypt, greeting. Be it known to my lord, the king of Egypt, the famine was sore upon us in the land of Canaan, and I sent my sons to thee to buy us a little food from thee for our support. For my sons surrounded me, and I, being very old, cannot see with my eyes. For my sons have become very heavy through age, as well as with daily weeping for my son. For Joseph, who was lost from before me, and I commanded my sons that they should not enter the gates of the city when they came to Egypt on account of the inhabitants of the land. 
And I also commanded them to go about Egypt to seek for my son Joseph. Perhaps they might find him there. And they did so, and thou didst consider them as spies of the land. Have we not heard concerning thee that thou didst interpret Pharaoh's dream and didst speak truly unto him? How then dost thou not know in thy wisdom whether my sons are spies or not? Now therefore, my lord and king, behold, I have sent my son before thee, as thou didst speak unto my sons. I beseech thee to put thy eyes upon him until he is returned to me in peace with his brethren. For thou dost, for dost thou not know, or hast thou not heard, that which our God did unto Pharaoh when he took my mother Sarah, and what he did unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, on account of her, and also what our father Abraham did unto the nine kings of Elam, how he smote them all with a few men that were with him. And also what my two sons Simeon and Levi did unto the eight cities of the Amorites, how they destroyed them on account of their sister Dinah. And also on account of their brother Benjamin, they consoled themselves for the loss of his brother Joseph, that they will then do for him when they see the hand of any people prevailing over them for his sake. Dost thou not know, O king of Egypt, that the power of God is with us, and that also... God ever heareth our prayers and forsake us, uh, forsake us not all the days. And when my sons told me of thy dealings with them, I called not unto the Lord on account of thee. For then thou wouldst have perished with thy men before my son Benjamin came before thee. But I, sought, but I thought that Simeon, my son, was in thy house. Perhaps thou mightest deal kindly with him. Therefore I did not this thing unto thee. Now therefore, behold, Benjamin my son cometh with unto thee with my sons. Take heed of him, and put thy eyes upon him, and then will God place his eyes over thee, and throughout thy kingdom. Now I have told thee all that is in my heart, and behold, my sons are coming to thee with their brother. Examine the face of the whole earth for their sake, and send them back in peace with their brethren. And Jacob gave the record to his sons into the care of Judah to give it unto the king of Egypt. <laughs> That's quite a, a, a gutsy thing to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, for good reasons. I mean, he's like, look, look what God yeah, yeah. for us he's so many times. Them. Yeah, he, he's, he, I think he wrote the letter more for himself than anything. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, but certainly, you know, it's a, he's being pretty firm there, and I, you got to know right. that Joseph, he read that, is like, yeah, that's my dad. Yeah, right. <laughs> what he reads is, <laughs> This is pretty cool. I'll keep going. Uh, chapter 53. And the sons of Jacob rose up and took Benjamin and the whole of the presence. And they went and came to Egypt and they stood before Joseph. And Joseph beheld his brother Benjamin with them. And he saluted them. And these men came to Joseph's house. And Joseph commanded the superintendent of his house to give to his brethren to eat. And he did so unto them. And at noon time, Joseph sent for the men to come before him with Benjamin. And the men told the superintendent of Joseph's house concerning the silver that was returned in their sacks. And he said unto them, It will be well with you, fear not. And he brought their brother Simeon unto them. And Simeon said unto his brethren, The Lord of the Egyptians has acted very kindly unto me. He did not keep me bound as you saw with your eyes. For when you went out from the city, he let me free and dealt kindly with me in his house. And Judah took Benjamin by the hand. And they came before Joseph, and they bowed down to him to the ground. And the men gave the present unto Joseph, and they all sat before him. And Joseph said unto them, Is it well with you? Is it well with your children? Is it well with your aged father? 
And they said, it is well. And Judah took the record which Jacob had sent and gave it into the hand of Joseph. And Joseph read the letter and knew his father's writing. And he wished to weep. And he went into an inner room and he wept a great weeping. And he went out and he lifted up his eyes and beheld his brother Benjamin. And he said, is this your brother of whom you spoke unto me? And Benjamin approached Joseph, and Joseph placed his hand upon his head, and he said unto him, May God be gracious unto thee, my son. And when Joseph saw his brother, the son of his mother, he again wished to weep. And he entered the chamber, and he wept there. And he washed his face and went out and refrained from weeping, and said, Prepare food. And Joseph had a cup from which he drank, and it was of silver beautifully inlaid with onyx stones and bdellium and Joseph struck the cup in the sight of his brethren whilst they were sitting to eat with him. And Joseph said unto the men, I know by this cup that Reuben, the firstborn, Simeon, and Levi, and Judah, Iskar, and Zebulun are children from one mother. Seat yourselves to eat according to your births. And he also placed the others according to their births. And he said, I know that this your youngest brother has no brother, and I, like him, have no brother. He shall therefore sit down to eat with me. And Benjamin went up before Joseph and sat upon the throne. And the men beheld the acts of Joseph, and they were astonished at them. And the men ate and drank at the time with Joseph. And he then gave presents unto them. And Joseph gave one gift unto Benjamin and Manasseh. And Ephraim saw the acts of their father, and they also gave presents unto them. And Osnath gave him one present, and they were five presents in the hand of Benjamin. And Joseph brought them out wine to drink, and they would not drink. And they said, From the day on which Joseph was lost, we have not drunk wine, nor eaten any delicacies. And Joseph swore unto them, and he pressed them hard, and they drank plentifully with him on that day. And Joseph afterward turned to his brother Benjamin to speak with him. And Benjamin was still sitting upon the throne before Joseph. And Joseph said unto him, Hast thou begotten any children? He said, Thy servant has ten sons, and these are their names, Bela, Becher, Ashbal, Jerah, Naaman, Aki, Rosh, Mupim, Chupim, and Ord. And I called their names after my brother, whom I have not seen. And he ordered them to bring before him his map of the stars, whereby Joseph knew all the times. And Joseph said unto Benjamin, I have heard that the Hebrews are acquainted with all wisdom. Dost thou know anything of this? And Benjamin said, Thy servant is knowing also in all the wisdom which my father taught me. And Joseph said unto Benjamin, Look now at this instrument and understand where thy brother Joseph is in Egypt, who you said went down to Egypt. And Benjamin beheld that instrument which the, with the map of the stars of heaven, and he was wise and looked therein to know where his brother was. And Benjamin divided the whole land of Egypt into four divisions. And he found that he who was sitting upon the throne before him was his brother Joseph. And Benjamin wondered greatly. And when Joseph saw that his brother Benjamin was so much astonished, he said unto Benjamin, What hast thou seen, and why art thou astonished? And Benjamin said unto Joseph, I can see by this that Joseph, my brother, sitteth here with me upon the throne. And Joseph said unto him, I am Joseph thy brother. Reveal not this thing unto thy brethren. Behold, I will send thee with them when they go away, and I will command them to be brought back again into the city, and I will take thee away from them. And if they dare their lives and fight for thee, 
Then shall I know that they have repented of what they did unto me, and I will make myself known to them. And if they forsake thee when I take thee, then shalt thou remain with me, and I will wrangle with them, and they shall go away, and I will not become known to them. At that time, Joseph commanded his officer to fill their sacks with food and to put each man's money into his sack and to put the cup in the sack of Benjamin and to give them provision for the road. And they did so unto them. And on the next day, the men rose up early in the morning and they loaded their asses with their corn and they went forth with Benjamin and they went to the land of Canaan with their brother Benjamin. They had not gone far from Egypt when Joseph commanded them I commanded him that was set over his house, saying, Rise, pursue these men before they get too far from Egypt, and saying to them, Why have you stolen my master's cup? And Joseph's officer rose up, and he reached them, and he spoke unto them all the words of Joseph. And when they heard this thing, they became exceedingly wroth, and they said, "We, He with whom thy master's cup shall be found shall die, and we will also become slaves. And they hastened and each man brought down his sack from his ass, and they looked in their bags, and the cup was found in Benjamin's bag. And they all tore their garments, and they returned to the city, and they smote Benjamin in the road, continually smiting him until they came into the city, and they stood before <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> Benjamin's getting beat up here. And Ju Judah's anger was kindled, and he said, this man has only brought me back to destroy Egypt this day. And the men came to Joseph's house, and they found Joseph sitting upon his throne, and all the mighty men standing at his right and left. And Joseph said unto them, What is this act that you have done, that you took away my silver cup and went away? But I know that you took my cup in order to know thereby in what part of the land your brother was. And Judas said, Whoa. All right. We'll be right back, everyone, for a second hour. As a bookstore for truth seekers, it's our goal to make ancient manuscripts, which were once held captive by secretive institutions, available for public consideration. In our generation, where wisdom has increased, as Daniel the prophet foretold, we have access to many of the testimonies our early church brethren were persecuted for preserving. After being hidden for centuries, these manuscripts have been leaked from various sources throughout the earth, and it's our goal to gather these sources into printable form to make available for all who seek the ancient way. If you're looking to deepen your studies of the biblical narrative, find these ancient manuscripts and more at sacredwordpublishing.com. Your partnership with Sacred Word Publishing goes further than the publishing of ancient manuscripts and weekly video content. You also make a huge impact across the earth in orphanages in Myanmar, India, Uganda, and Kenya. Your support is crucial for the development of the Ecclesia of Real Truth Seekers. We thank you for joining us in hosting Secrets Revealed, Momentary Zen, the Digital Readers Club, Ask Me Anything series, 
and other shows that have helped lead so many to the truth of salvation. Become even more involved? Please visit patreon.com slash sacredwordpublishing where you can partake in exclusive, interactive, patron-only content and help us continue shining the light of love in this darkened world. are constantly studying alone. But there is a place where we can come together. The Digital Readers Club is our online ecclesia meant for those who've forsaken churchianity but still want the closeness of a family to study with. Join us every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time to put together the puzzle pieces of truth scattered throughout the ancient scriptures. Everyday questions arise. Are the stories in the Bible true? What if I told you that there are hundreds of confirming witnesses? Which give intricate detail to the stories in the Bible. Have you ever found yourself deep in the rabbit hole with questions that no one seemed to have the answers to? Check out swpcalendar.com to see when to join us next for our Ask Me Anything series with author and researcher Zen Garcia as he sheds light on the mysteries which have us all searching together. Welcome back, everybody, for a second hour. Uh, very interesting to me that um, Joseph informs Benjamin um, and that we get this from the Jasher account, but, you know, this is something also that is left out of the other accounts. It gives it a whole new uh, perspective on, you know, the the story and its unfolding. But I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, Rob. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I love that. Uh, whatever instrument he brings out, it brings out a star map, and then mm-hmm. he brings out right. a device, and he's like, yeah, is, is your dad taught you the ways? Oh, yeah, yeah I know this stuff. Well, check it out. <laughs> he's looking at whatever this thing is, and, and he's like, uh, this thing's telling me that uh, my brother's sitting in front of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, Very what is cool. this thing? And, and, you know, I've wondered if the you've heard of the Antikytherian mechanism. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. I, I've wondered yeah, if a- have something to do with it. I actually, um, there was a lady that had written a, or brought out a whole presentation on it, and I wrote her this letter, which I haven't sent sent it to her, but I explained that with that mechanism, it can only be understood if you apply it to uh, the fact that the earth is stable, motionless, non-moving, yeah. and that the stars are moving in circle above it. Because that's how the mechanism, you know, displays and keeps track of and um, 
and you know the mechanism as far as when they look at how it's what it's counting and how it's keeping up with the the movements of the stars it's just like exactly what enoch explains in mm-hmm. the book on the courses of the heavenly luminaries which is something that i um also spoke about to her but i haven't finished the letter but um yeah, yeah very well, interesting it's, it's like the astrolabe same thing yeah yeah exactly um did you ever see uh there was a tv series came out a few years ago called ascension um is that the one where they were going to the a different um star system and they were but they never left the ground or something they never left earth they were yeah 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 you told me about it and i watched it what was interesting because at the very beginning of it they got, they got this like Nazi uh, Project Paperclip guy in his deathbed right. on about the firmament, and uh, and and I think it was him that gave the character uh, an astrolabe, and so it's like it was some very interesting foreshadowing that's set up. I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it, but uh, uh-huh. w- what a what a cool show that was. Yeah, yeah, it was very interesting. They left on a cliffhanger and never picked it up, but yeah, man, I was wondering about that too. That was really cool. So I, you know, it's just, I've always wondered about this machine that he puts in front of Benjamin and, and apparently, you know, uh, the house of Jacob was, uh, you know, practiced in this art right. of having a star map and some sort of instrument to interpret it is like to the point where he's like, okay, let me look at this. He's, he's looking at a star map and then he divides Egypt into, I think it's said four por- portions or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from there he was able to first he, he creates regions to narrow it down. And then it gets to the point where whatever he's looking at says my brother's is right in front of me. So mm-hmm. this seems to lend a, a strong credibility to the whole concept of the gospel and the stars. Yeah. Right. Star, uh, Joseph Seiss and E.W. Bollinger both wrote books on it. Right. Uh, they are quite extraordinary. Uh, I haven't gotten through all of the Bollinger book, but I read the Joseph Seiss book a long time ago and was just, and they're pretty much saying the same thing, at least from what I've uh-huh. read. So Bollinger, but, um, truly fascinating and, and which would explain why you know if Yahuwah put the the literal gospel in the stars the whole message from adam till the end right. in the stars why he commanded the luminaries like you can't deviate you can't step exactly. out of line you step out of line you mess up the story right and you know yeah, absolutely what we call the planets coming from a, a greek word that means to wander from truth <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that are manifested throughout multiple cultures as sentient beings, as deities that people have worshipped in the past. That, like, I mean, the the more you look into this stuff, the more you have to, you know, whether you choose to believe it or not, you have to, you have to accept that the people in the Bible had an enclosed world, cosmological worldview with yeah. stars being sentient beings. There's no way around it, you know. Right. That's what they believed. And if they believed it, then, and if we say that what they wrote was inspired by the Holy Spirit— then by extension, you got to say, well, the Holy Spirit believes it. Yes. Now you got some of the rest. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't uh, believe one it. Other thing, <laughs> yeah, one other thing with regard to the, uh, you know, the uh, astrology and um, the knowledge, um, it, one of the, in the 
the Asseter, it speaks about how Adam was given five books, and one of those was um, a book of signs uh, as far as what was written into the stars, and he was able to read that book and also understand what was going to happen to his children that would be born throughout the generations, and that, um, you know, as far as the coming of the Messiah and everything as well, because he was told by the word when he was banished from paradise that he would, you know, come and be born of a virgin and enter into flesh and take on mortal embodiment and that this would happen at a certain time. And mm. another book he was given was the book of the generations, um, you know, as far as his children and all, uh, the book of the wars of the Lord, um, and then, you know, the one on the luminaries and uh, all of that. But and so he, Adam knew. And um, it also speaks about in the Perk D. Rabbi Eleazar that Abraham was instructed on the knowledge of the the constellations and the story of, you know, as far as the witness of the stars. I don't know the exact details, and but of course he was, as we see in the writings of Abraham, um, very familiar and deeply in relationship with the Memra, the word of the Lord, and that the covenant that was made between him and Yahuwah was through the word. And so, um, you know, all of this, I'm sure, you know, the knowledge, again, the witness of the stars, uh, we see the, the Gemini, the twins, the enmity between the the bloodlines and also the mm. uh, the Genesis 3.15, the fulfillment of Yahushua uh, crushing the head of the serpent, um, and, which was, you know, the prophecy that he fulfilled when he was on the cross and, um, and Goliath's skull had been buried there, I think, 1,400 years before uh, by David. And so, you know, all of the prophecy, that is exactly what is related in the story of the constellations and all of that as well. So, uh, so Abraham was very well instructed. And it even says in that book that he taught the Egyptians um, mm. and that the names of the constellations and all the stars were given to him and set, and he passed on that knowledge to all the other cultures. It would make sense because, I mean, they all had an understanding of the, you know, when I look up, I just see bright dots in the sky. Uh -huh. I don't, you know, I mean, Orion is about the only one that I can sort of see, yeah. you know, like as a, you know, connect the dots, right? Like, okay, right. Yeah, I can, I can see that, but uh, like, you know, the, well, we call it a big dipper, but they call it a bear. Like, oh, I get the uh -huh. dipper. Get the bear, you know. And when I look at the yeah. I see baseball cap, you know, like I, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't see what the ancients saw. So uh -huh. clearly, they had somebody had to have told them, you know, exactly. connect. Because when you look, they're like, how do you know which dots to connect to make what picture, right? I mean, they're all right. just scattered up there. How do you know that that dot connects with that dot and not the other one over there? You know, right? I mean, like they knew, they knew the patterns somehow. Yes. And multiple yeah. cultures did, and they all like, and they they all knew them the same way. So right. it's like you know, okay, you know, they may have different words for them, but they knew well. That's a lot. That's Leo. You know what we call yeah. Leo. You know right. So are you saying Gemini is a reference to uh, Cain and Abel? 
or two seeds? I, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and the enmity between the bloodlines, because um, that story is exactly what plays out from Genesis to, you know, Revelation from Eden to Armageddon, uh, and it's the missing link that is the skeleton key for unlocking mm. all of scripture in my opinion yeah and the wheat and the tares the goat and the sheep you know. well for sure and you know yeah i think you and i are probably pretty much on the same page as far as the return of the nephilim after flood how they got here but mm-hmm. regardless of how people believe that that the nephilim returned whether it's multiple incursions or genetic carryover or whatever the net result's the same. We we all have to contend with the fact that there were Nephilim before and, and after. after. Yes, right. And 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 it wasn't until I started to grasp what was really going on in Genesis three fifteen that I realized he it wasn't he was it wasn't that God was just messing around with people say yeah you know I th- I think I'll leave the giants for them to deal with you know that should be fun you know get the popcorn uh-huh. let let's <laughs> let's see how they handle it on the post flood side you know uh, uh-huh. like there had to been a sovereign reason for him to allow yes. the name to continue. And I used to say that I thought it was, you know, in the pre-flood world, he wiped them out. You know, he, he essentially, he got the glory for doing it himself. In the post-flood world, mm-hmm. he decided to wipe them out through his covenant people, you yes. know, to show himself mighty through his people, which I still think is true. Right. But uh, yeah. I, I think the, the greater revelation, at least for me, as a result of, embracing what's going on in Genesis 3 uh, was the realization that he had to uh, allow right. the other seed through because yeah. he made a he made a prophecy he made a promise yes. he made a definitive you know prophetic statement that if he didn't allow the that both seeds to go through the flood that that pr- prophecy could not be fulfilled right so I was like, wow, okay, yeah. puts it a whole other perspective. He had to allow it because he exactly. made a prophecy that right. was let both grow together until the time of the end. Yeah. Man, you know, it's just one of those many things that all of a sudden, you know, all the pieces start to fall into place once right. you finally, you know, get it. And and it's like that uh, that uh Olive Branch Ministry video that I played earlier. That you know, he he says, look, this is either gonna you know really um, encourage and strengthen your faith, or it's going to destroy it. <laughs> like this, this you know, it depends on how you how you receive the information. You know, right? You know, the way he presents it, it's like you know, if you're locked into a certain paradigm dogma, you know, that you're like, oh, this is the way, and then this is gonna shake you up. <laughs> you know. Yes. If you're willing to listen, hear the whole matter out, search the scriptures, and let scripture speak for itself, well, you might have to get rid of some of your opinion and let you know the scriptures, you know, just say what it says. Yes. And accept- yes, especially when you read the Targum, because <laughs> you know serpent seed is uh, pretty, pretty affirmed without a doubt. Well, yeah, and now that I realize that you know, this guy would have been, you know, as, as at least according to Michael, the guy that uh, was doing that video, he said that he would have been probably old, but a contemporary. Contemporary, of, right. Yeshua. Just like, yep. yeah, For, Rabbi Eliezer. Uh, he was the high priest during that time. Yeah, so for a, a period of time, you know, they would have overlapped. And, yes. you know, even though there, Yeshua does a lot of rebuking of the Pharisaical doctrines and Pharisees and Sadducees and stuff that came out of Babylon. 
I don't see him making any corrections to uh, to Targum. Right. And, well, I, I see him making corrections to what would later become Talmud, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah. the the oral traditions that were added right. to the. That's right. what I see him, you know, constantly, you know, messing with them on and you know coming right. up against. Right. But you know, when it comes to these other things and realizing that that this is what he probably read for you that or the Septuagint, yeah. you know, say that mm. Yeshua read from the. He would have read from one of two things: either the Aramaic Targum or the Septuagint, and or commented on both. Yes, exactly. Right, I agree both. That's uh, that's pretty extraordinary. Um, and, and the other thing is, like with Joshua, um. This cleared that what I just read cleared some things up too because I was always a little bit tripped up about the divining deal. You know, didn't uh-huh. you know somebody like me would you know divine? And I think he was. I don't think he was into divination. I think that Joshua clears the whole thing up. Is he was he knew yeah, his problems, who they were, but he was messing right. with them. So he's right. like, oh, this cup is telling me <laughs> you. You four are born from one mother, and you should be <laughs> so totally with them, right. <laughs> like. Right. You know, capitalizing on the mystique of uh, the Egyptians, you know, or whatever, yeah. uh, making them <laughs> making them think that this cup revealed to him, you know, the birth order. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> oh man, it's awesome. All right, I'll continue. <clears throat> the next chapter is pretty long, so that that's probably gonna take us to the end of the show. But uh, so, so you get you 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 might get lucky this one, not have to do much. <laughs> yeah, just. Sit back and write Yeah, try not to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's see here. And Joseph said unto them, What is this act that you have done that you took away my silver cup and went away? But I know that you took my cup in order to know thereby in what part of the land your brother was. And Judah said, What shall we say to our Lord? What shall we speak? And how shall we justify ourselves? God this day found the iniquity of all thy servants. Therefore, he has done this thing to us this day. And Joseph rose up and caught hold of Benjamin and took him from his brethren with violence. And he came to the house and locked the door at them. And Joseph commanded him that was set over his house that he should say unto them, Thus saith the king, Go in peace to your father. Behold, I have taken the man in whose hand my cup was found. And Benjamin's playing along with this, which is kind of of cool. You know, they. Yeah, that's another aspect that. You know, we were not familiar with. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. the fact that he got beaten by <laughs> Jude on the I, way home. Hey, that's what's amazing. You know, he's, he's, he's like, how could you do this? <laughs> right. Him. And he knows the truth. Like, he knows. Yeah, I didn't. exactly. So, you know, that's just. It's a uh, I think, you know, because Benjamin and Joseph, you know, they're, they're brothers from the same mother. Right. They, Obviously, been you know really close, even though yes. Benjamin's really young. Um, I I think he like you know they deserve whatever they got coming to him. So he's like, I'll go, right. okay, I'll, I'll play along with my brother to the point where he's <laughs> a beating all the way back. Right. <laughs> so, okay, chapter fifty four, and and I think this is where Judah gets in his face. Uh, for right. Most, either that's from the target. Yeah. And he had, you know, they had to stop, otherwise Judah was going to get very, very angry. <laughs> yeah, it could have got, it could have become, you know, Joseph's little game could have become very volatile. Right, right. Yeah, Wait. Exactly. 
All right, chapter 54. And when Judah saw the dealings of Joseph with them, Judah approached him and broke open the door and came with his brethren before Joseph. <laughs> he kicks open the door. Uh, Judah said unto Joseph, Let it not seem grievous in the sight of my Lord. May thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word before thee. And Joseph said unto him, Speak. And Judah, Judah spoke before Joseph and his brethren were there standing before them. And Judah said unto Joseph, Surely when we first came to our Lord to buy food, thou didst consider us as spies of the land, and we brought Benjamin before thee, and thou still makest sport of us this day. Now therefore let the king hear my words, and send, I pray thee, our brother, that he may go along with us to our father, lest thy soul perish this day with all the souls of the inhabitants of Egypt. Dost thou not know what two of my brethren, Simeon and Levi, did into the city of Shechem? And unto seven cities of the Amorites on account of our sister Dinah, and also what they would do for the sake of their brother Benjamin. And I, with my strength, who am greater and mightier than both of them, come this day upon thee and thy land, if thou art unwilling to send our brother. He's like, you know, my brothers, look, I'm stronger than both of them. <laughs> That's awesome. Hast thou not heard what our God? who made choice of us did unto Pharaoh on account of Sarah, our mother, whom he took away from our father, that he smote him and his household with heavy plagues, that even unto this day the Egyptians relate this wonder to each other. So will our God do unto thee on account of Benjamin, Benjamin, whom thou hast this day taken from his father, and on account of the evils which thou this day heapest over us in thy land. For our God will remember his covenant, with our father Abraham, and bring evil upon thee, because thou hast grieved the soul of our father this day. Now therefore hear my words that I have this day spoken unto thee, and send our brother, that he may go away, lest thou and the people of thy land die by the sword, for you cannot all prevail over me. And Joseph answered Judah, saying, Why hast thou opened wide thy mouth, and why dost thou boast over us, saying, Strength is with thee? As Pharaoh liveth, if I command all my valiant men to fight with you, surely thou and thy brethren would sink in the mire. And Judah said unto Joseph, Surely it becometh thee and thy people to fear me. As the Lord liveth, if I once draw my sword, I shall not sheathe it again until I shall... This day have slain all Egypt, and I will commence with thee and finish with Pharaoh thy master. <laughs> Dude. And Joseph answered and said unto him, Surely strength belongeth not unloan to thee. I am stronger and mightier than thou. Surely if thou drawest thy sword, I will put it to thy neck and the necks of all thy brethren. <laughs> Judah said unto him, Surely if I this day open my mouth against thee, I would swallow thee up, that thou be destroyed from off the earth, and perish this day from the kingdom. And Joseph said, Surely if thou openest thy mouth, I have power and might to close thy mouth with a stone, until <laughs> I shall not be able to utter a word. See how many stones are before us? Truly I can take a stone and force it into thy mouth and break thy jaws. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> And right. Judas, he, you know, he's got to be like <laughs> Jude, J Joseph's having a lot of fun here, but uh, oh yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's getting hot here. Right. <clears throat> and Judas said, "God has witnessed between us that we have not hitherto desired to battle with thee. Only give us our brother, and we will go from thee." And Joseph answered and said, "As Pharaoh liveth, if all the kings of Canaan came together with you, you should not take him from my hand." 
Now, therefore, go your way to your father, and your brother shall be unto me for a slave, for he has robbed the king's house. And Judah said, What is it to thee or to the character of the king? Surely the king sendeth forth from his house throughout the land silver and gold, either in gifts or expenses. And thou still talkest about thy cup, which thou didst place in our brother's bag, and saith that he has stolen it from thee? God forbid that our brother Benjamin or any of the seed of Abraham should do this thing to steal from thee or from anyone else, whether king, prince, or any man. Now, therefore, cease this accusation, lest the whole earth hear my words, saying, For a little silver the king of Egypt wrangled with the men, and he accused them and took their brother for a slave. And Joseph answered and said, Take unto you this cup and go from me and leave your brother for a slave, for it is the judgment of a thief to be a slave. And Judah said, Why art thou not ashamed of thy words to leave our brother and to take thy cup? Surely if thou givest us thy cup for or a thousand times as much, we will not leave our brother for the silver which is found in the hand of any man, that we will not die over him. And Joseph answered, And why did you forsake your brother and sell him for twenty pieces of silver unto this day? And why then would you not do the same to this your brother? And Judas said, The Lord is witness between me and thee that we desire not thy battles. Now therefore give us our brother, and we will go from thee without quarreling. And Joseph said, and answered and said, If all the kings of the land should assemble, they will not be able to take your brother from my hand. And Judas said, What shall we say unto our father when he seeth that our brother cometh not with us, and will grieve over him? And Joseph answered and said, This is the thing which you shall tell your father, saying, The rope has gone before has gone after the bucket. And Judas said, Surely thou art a king, and why speakest thou these things, giving a false judgment? Woe unto the king who is like unto thee. And Joseph said, answered and said, There is no false judgment in the world, word that I spoke on account of your brother Joseph, for all of you sold him to the Midianites for twenty pieces of silver, and you all denied it to your father and said unto him, An evil beast has devoured him. Joseph has been torn to pieces. And Judas said, Behold, the fire of Shem burneth in your, my heart now. I will burn all your land with fire. And Joseph answered and said, Surely thy sister-in-law Tamar, who killed your sons, extinguished the fire of Shechem. <laughs> so really jacket with him here. Right? And Judas said, If I pluck out a single hair from my flesh, I will fill all Egypt with its blood. And Joseph answered and said, such is your custom to do as you did to your brother whom you sold. You dipped his coat in blood and brought it to your father in order that he might say an evil beast devoured him, and here is his blood. And when Judah heard this thing, he was exceedingly wroth, and his anger burned within him. And there was before him in that place a stone, the weight of which was about 400 shekels. And Judah's anger was kindled, and he took the stone in one hand and cast it to the heavens and caught it with his left hand. <laughs> and he placed it afterward under his legs, and he sat upon it, and all his strength, and with all his strength, and the stone was turned to dust from the force of Judah. He <laughs> he threw it up in the air, sat on it, and busted into dust. <laughs> Dang, dude! And Joseph saw the act of Judah, and he was very much afraid. But he commanded Manasseh, his son, and he also did with another stone like unto the act of Judah. And Judah said unto his brethren, Let not any of you say this man is an Egyptian, but by his doing this thing he is of our father's family. And Joseph said, Not to you only is strength given, for we are also powerful men. 
And why will you boast over us all? And Judah said unto Joseph, Send, I pray thee, our brother, and ruin not my country this day, thy country this day. And Joseph answered and said unto them, Man, we're going to break free. Wow. Hey. All right, we'll be right back, everyone, for final seconds. As a bookstore for truth seekers, it's our goal to make ancient manuscripts which were once held captive by secretive institutions available for public consideration. In our generation where wisdom has increased as Daniel the prophet foretold, we have access to many of the testimonies our early church brethren were persecuted for preserving. After being hidden for centuries, these manuscripts have been leaked from various sources throughout the earth and it's our goal to gather these sources into printable form to make available for all who seek the ancient way. If you're looking to deepen your studies of the biblical narrative, find these ancient manuscripts and more at sacredwordpublishing.com. We are ridiculed for questioning mainstream narrative, it can feel like we are studying alone. So together with you, Sacred Word Publishing classes has begun. Are you interested in Biblical Hebrew, the Nokian calendar, extra biblical texts, or other esoteric topics? Join any class for free. Or do you have research you'd like to share with fellow truth seekers? We'd love to help you set up a class. As students, we also have an opportunity to be teachers, and whichever role you're settled into today, we'll be happy to study with you at swpclass.com. Email us at sacredwordpublishingllc at gmail.com with your class ideas, and we look forward to learning with you. See you in class! Your partnership with Sacred Word Publishing goes further than the publishing of ancient manuscripts and weekly video content. You also make a huge impact across the earth in orphanages in Myanmar, India, Uganda, and Kenya. Your support is crucial for the development of the Ecclesia of Real Truth Seekers. We thank you for joining us in hosting Secrets Revealed, Momentary Zen, the Digital Readers Club, Ask Me Anything series, and other shows that have helped lead so many to the truth of salvation. Become even more involved? Please visit patreon.com slash sacredwordpublishing where you can partake in exclusive, interactive, patron-only content and help us continue shining the light of love in this darkened world.
Welcome back, everybody, for a final segment. I'll turn it back over to you, Rob. Okay. Uh, hang on a second. <clears throat> All right. And Joseph answered and said unto them, Go and tell your father, an evil beast has devoured him, as you said concerning your brother Joseph. And Judah spoke to his brother Naphtali, and he said unto him, Make haste, go now, number all the streets of Egypt, and come and tell me. And Simeon said unto him, Let not this thing be a trouble to thee. Now I will go to the mount and take up one large stone from the mount and level it at every one in Egypt and kill all that are in it. And Joseph heard all these words that his brethren spoke before him, and they did not know that Joseph understood them, for they imagined that he knew not to speak Hebrew. And Joseph was greatly afraid at the words of his brethren, lest they should destroy Egypt. And he commanded his son Manasseh, saying, Go now, make haste, and gather unto me all the inhabitants of Egypt and all the valiant men together, and let them come to me now upon horseback and on foot with all sorts of musical instruments. And Manasseh went and did so. Naphtali went as Judah had commanded him, for Naphtali was light-footed as one of the swift stags, and he would go upon the ears of corn, and they would not break under him. And he went and numbered all the streets of Egypt and found them to be twelve. And he came hastily and told Judah. And Judah said unto his brethren, Hasten you and put on every man his sword upon his loins, and we will come over Egypt and smite them all, and let not a remnant remain. And Judah said, Behold, I will destroy three of the streets with my strength, and you shall each destroy one street. And when Judah was speaking this thing, behold, the inhabitants of Egypt and all the mighty men came toward them with all sorts of musical instruments and loud shouting. And their number was 500 cavalry and 10,000 infantry and 400 men who could fight without sword or spear, only with their hands and strength. And all the mighty men came with great storming and shouting, and they all surrounded the sons of Jacob and terrified them. And the ground quaked at the sound of their shouting. And when the sons of Jacob saw these troops, they were greatly afraid of their lives. And Joseph did so in order to terrify the sons of Jacob to become tranquilized. And Judah, seeing some of his brethren terrified, said unto them, Why are you afraid whilst the grace of God is with us? And when Judah saw the people of Egypt surrounding them at the command of Joseph to terrify them, only Joseph commanded them, saying, do not touch any of them. Then Judah hastened and drew his sword and uttered a loud and bitter scream. And he smote with the sword and he sprang upon the ground and he still continued to shout against all the people. And when he did this thing, the Lord caused the terror of Judah and his brethren to fall upon the valiant men and all the people that surrounded them. And they all fled at the sound of the shouting and they were terrified and fell upon the other. And many of them died as they fell and they all fled from before Judah and his brethren and from before Joseph. And whilst they were fleeing, Judah and his brethren pursued them unto the house of Pharaoh, and they all escaped. And Judah again sat before Joseph and roared at him like a lion and gave a great and tremendous shriek at him. And the shriek was heard at a distance, and all the inhabitants of Sukkoth heard it, and 
All Egypt quaked at the sound of the shriek, and also the walls of Egypt and of the land of Goshen fell in from the shaking of the earth. And Pharaoh also fell from his throne upon the ground, and also all the pregnant women of Egypt and Goshen miscarried when they heard the noise of the shaking, for they were terribly afraid. And Pharaoh sent word, saying, What is this thing that this day happened in the land of Egypt? And they came and told him all the things from beginning to end. And Pharaoh was alarmed, and he wondered, and was greatly afraid. And this could have got Joseph in a lot of trouble here. (laughs) Uh, And his fright increased when he heard all these things, and he sent unto Joseph, saying, Thou hast brought unto me the Hebrews to destroy all Egypt? What wilt thou do with the thievish slave? Send him away, and let him go with his brethren, and let us not perish through their evil, even we, you, and all Egypt." And if thou desireth not to do this thing, cast off from thee all my valuable things and go with them to their land, if thou delightest in it. For they will this day destroy my whole country and slay all my people. Even all the women of Egypt have miscarried through their screams. See what they have done merely by their shouting and speaking. Moreover, if they fight with the sword, they will destroy the land. Now therefore choose that which thou desirest, whether me or the Hebrews, whether Egypt or the land of the Hebrews. And they came and told Joseph all the words of Pharaoh that he had said concerning him. And Joseph was greatly afraid at the words of Pharaoh. And Judah and his brethren were still standing before Joseph, indignant and enraged. And all the sons of Jacob roared at Joseph like the roaring of the sea and its waves. Joseph was greatly afraid of his brethren and on account of Pharaoh. And Joseph sought a pretext to make himself known unto his brethren, lest they should destroy all of Egypt. And Joseph commanded his son Manasseh. Manasseh went and approached Judah and placed his hand upon his shoulder, and the anger of Judah was stilled. And Judah said unto his brethren, Let no one of you slay or say that this is the act of an Egyptian youth, for this is the work of my father's house. And Joseph, seeing and knowing that Judah's anger was stilled, he approached to speak unto Judah in the language of mildness. And Joseph said unto Judah, Surely you speak truth, and have this day verified your assertions concerning your strength. And may your God, who delighteth in you, increase your welfare. But tell me truly, why from amongst all thy brethren dost thou wrangle with me on account of the lad, as none of them have spoken one word to me concerning him? And Judah answered Joseph, saying, Surely thou must know that I was security for the lad to his father, saying, If I brought him not unto him, I should bear his blame forever. Therefore I approach thee from amongst all my brethren, for I saw that thou wast unwilling to suffer him to go from thee. Now therefore may I find grace in thy sight, that thou shalt send him to go with us. And behold, I will remain as a substitute for him to serve thee in whatever thou desirest. For whatever, for wheresoever thou shalt send me, I will go to serve thee with great energy. Send me now to a mighty king who has rebelled against thee, and thou shalt know what I will do unto him and unto his land, although he may have cavalry and infantry or an exceeding mighty people. I will slay them all and bring the king's head before thee. Dost thou not know or hast thou not heard that our father Abraham with his servant Eliezer smote all the kings of Elam with their hosts in one night? They left not one remaining. And ever since that day, our father's strength has given was given unto us for an inheritance for us and our seed forever. And Joseph answered and said, You speak truth, and falsehood is not in your mouth. For it was also told unto us that the Hebrews have power, and that the Lord their God delighteth much in them, and who then shall stand before them? However, 
on this condition will I send your brother, if you will bring before me his brother, the son of his mother, of whom you said that he had gone down or gone from you down to Egypt. And it shall come to pass when you bring unto me his brother, I will take him in his stead, because not one of you was security for him to your father. And when he shall come unto me, I will then send with you his brother for whom you have been security. Judah's anger, Judah's anger was kindled against Joseph when he spoke this thing, and his eyes dropped blood with anger. And he said unto his brother, How does this man this day seek his own destruction and that of all of Egypt? And Simeon answered Joseph, saying, Did we not tell thee at first that we knew not the particular spot to which he went, and whether he be dead or alive, and wherefore speaketh my Lord like unto these things? And Joseph, observing the countenance of Judah, discerning, discerned that his anger began to kindle when he spoke unto them, saying, Bring unto me your other brother instead of this brother. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Surely you said that your brother was either dead or lost. Now if I should call him this day, and he should come before you, would you give him unto me instead of his brother? And Joseph began to speak and call out, Joseph, Joseph, come this day before me and appear to thy brethren and sit before them. And when Joseph spoke this thing before them, they looked each a different way to see from whence Joseph would come before them. And Joseph observed all their acts and said unto them, Why do you look here and there? I am Joseph, whom you sold to Egypt. Now, therefore, let it not grieve you that you sold me. For as a support during the famine did God send me before you. And his brethren were terrified at him when they heard the words of Joseph. And Judah was exceedingly terrified at him. And when Benjamin heard the words of Joseph, he was before them in the inner part of the house. And Benjamin ran unto Joseph his brother and embraced him and fell upon his neck, and they wept. And when Joseph's brother saw that Benjamin had fallen upon his brother's neck and wept with him, they also fell upon Joseph and embraced him, and they wept a great weeping with Joseph. And they heard... And the voice was heard in the house of Joseph that they were Joseph's brethren. And it pleased Pharaoh exceedingly, for he was afraid of them, lest they should destroy Egypt. And Pharaoh sent his servants unto Joseph to congratulate him concerning his brethren who had come to him. And all the captains of the armies and troops that were in Egypt came to rejoice with Joseph. And all Egypt rejoiced greatly about Joseph's brethren. And Pharaoh sent his servants to Joseph, saying, Tell thy brethren to fetch all belonging to them, and let them come unto me, and I will place them in the best part of the land of Egypt. And they did so. And Joseph commanded him that was set over his house to bring out to his brethren gifts and garments. And he brought out to them many garments, being robes of royalty, and many gifts. And Joseph divided them amongst his brethren. And he gave unto each of his brethren a change of garments of gold and silver and 300 pieces of silver. And Joseph commanded them all to be dressed in these garments and to be brought before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh, seeing that all Joseph's brethren were valiant men and of beautiful appearance, he greatly rejoiced. And they afterward went out from the presence of Pharaoh to go to the land of Canaan to their father, and their brother Benjamin was with them. And Joseph rose up and gave unto them 11 chariots from Pharaoh. And Joseph gave unto them his chariot upon which he rode, on the day of his being crowned in Egypt, to fetch his father to Egypt. And Joseph sent to his all his brother's children garments according to their numbers, and a hundred pieces of silver to each of them. And he also sent garments to the wives of his brethren from the garments of the king's wives, and he sent them. 
And he gave unto each of his brethren ten men to go with them to the land of Canaan to serve them, to serve their children and all belonging to them in coming to Egypt. And Joseph sent by the hand of his brother Benjamin ten suits of garments for his ten sons, a portion above the rest of the children of the sons of Jacob. And he sent to each fifty pieces of silver and ten chariots on the account of Pharaoh. And he sent to his father ten asses laden with all the luxuries of Egypt, and ten she-asses laden with corn and bread and nourishment for his father and to all that were with him as provisions for the road. And he sent for his sister Dinah garments of silver and gold and frankincense and myrrh and aloes and women's ornaments in great plenty. And he sent the same from the wives of Pharaoh to the wives of Benjamin. And he gave unto all his brethren also to their wives all sorts of onyx stones and medallium, and from all the valuable things amongst the great people of Egypt. Nothing of all the costly things was left but what Joseph sent off to his father's household. And he sent his brethren away, and they went, and he sent his brother Benjamin with them. And Joseph went out with them to accompany them on the road unto the borders of Egypt. And he commanded them concerning his father and his household to come to Egypt. And he said unto them, Do not quarrel on the road, for this thing was from the Lord, to keep a great people from starvation. For there will be yet five years of famine in the land. And he commanded them, saying, When you come to the land of Canaan, do not come suddenly before my father in this affair, but act in your wisdom. And Joseph ceased to command them, and he turned and went back to Egypt. And the sons of Jacob went to the land of Canaan with joy and cheerfulness to their father Jacob. And they came unto the borders of the land, and they said to each other, What shall we do in this matter before our father? For if we come suddenly to him and tell him the matter, he will be greatly alarmed at our words and will not believe us. And they went along until they came nigh unto their houses, and they found Sarah, the daughter of Asher, going forth to meet them. And the damsel was very good and subtle, and knew how to play upon the harp. And they called unto her, and she came before them, and she kissed them. And they took her and gave unto her a harp, saying, Go now before our father, and sit before him, and strike upon the harp, and speak these words. And they commanded her to go to their house. And she took the harp and hastened before them. And she came and sat near Jacob. And she played well and sang and uttered in the sweetness of her words, Joseph, my uncle, is living, and he ruleth throughout the land of Egypt. And is not dead. And she continued to repeat and utter these words, and Jacob heard her words, and they were agreeable to him. He listened whilst she repeated them twice and thrice, and joy entered the heart of Jacob at the sweetness of her words, and the Spirit of God was upon him, and he knew all her words to be true. And Jacob blessed Sarah when she spoke these words before him, and he said unto her, my daughter, may death never prevail over thee, for thou hast revived my spirit. Only speak yet before me as thou hast spoken, for thou hast gladdened me with all thy words. And she continued to sing these words, and Jacob listened, and it pleased him. And he rejoiced, and the Spirit of God was upon him. Whilst he was yet speaking with her, behold, his sons came to him with horses and chariots and royal garments and servants running before them. And Jacob rose up to meet them and saw his sons dressed in royal garments, and he saw all the treasures that Joseph had sent to them. And they said unto him, Be informed that our brother Joseph is living, and it is he who ruled throughout the land of Egypt, and it is he who spoke unto us as we told thee. And Jacob heard all the words of his sons, and his heart palpitated at their words, for he could not believe them until he saw all that Joseph had given them and what 
he had sent him and all the signs which Joseph had spoken unto them. And they opened uh, out before him and showed him all that Joseph had sent. And they gave unto each what Joseph had sent him. And he knew that they had spoken the truth. And he rejoiced exceedingly an account of his son. And Jacob said, it is enough for me that my son Joseph is living. I will go with and see him before I die. And his sons told him all that had befallen them. And Jacob said, I will go down to Egypt to see my son and his offspring. And Jacob rose up and put on the garments which Joseph had sent him. And after he had washed and shaved his hair, he put on his head the turban which Joseph had sent him. And all the people of Jacob's house and their wives put on the garments which Joseph had sent to them. And they greatly rejoiced at Joseph that he was still living and that he was ruling in Egypt. And all the inhabitants of Canaan heard of this thing, and they came and rejoiced much with Jacob that he was still living. And Jacob made a feast for them for three days, and all the kings of Canaan and nobles of the land ate and drank and rejoiced in the house of Jacob. And that that gets us actually a little more caught up in Genesis. Uh, G- Genesis 45, I think, ends with Jacob saying, yeah, okay, I'll go down. What an awesome story. Oh, yeah, truly. Because not only is, um, you know, Joseph and Jacob and the rest of the family united, but can you imagine Dinah and Aseneth mm. coming together, oh, yeah. too? I mean, and then to realize that, you know, her daughter is married to Joseph and that the to their offspring, um, you know, that she's a grandmother. I mean, that's amazing. It really is a like. I, I had to try to push it back. I was getting a little bit choked up because. Yeah, you know, I shed a few tears. It's a moving story, you know, especially if it you can really really, uh, visualize it. You know. Right. Well, uh, what do we got? Ten minutes before. Um, I can read Genesis if you want. Uh, yeah, sure. Next Let's chapter, see. and then. Uh, then you'll pretty much have the show <laughs> next week. Right. Uh, at least with the, the Targums and Legends or anything else you want to bring. Yeah, uh, there's a lot to catch up with those two. I think That's Genesis. A beautiful story. Yeah. I think Genesis 45 will catch us up to what we just read in Joshua. So this will probably take us to the end of the show. It's only 20 verses. Okay. Um, Genesis 45. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried. Cause every man to go out from me, and there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and Lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout the land of Egypt. Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, 
God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children and thy children's children and thy flocks and thy herds and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee. For yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that ye have seen. Ye shall haste to bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, laid your beast, and go, get you unto the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye shall eat of the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, this do ye, take your you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones, and for your wives, and bring your father, and come. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. And the children of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh, and gave them provision for the way. To all of them he gave each man changes of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father he sent after this manner, ten asses laden with the good things of Egypt, and ten she-asses laden with corn and bread and meat for his father by the way. So he sent his brethren away, and they departed. And he said unto them, See that thou fall not out by the way. And they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. And Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is alive. I will go down and see him before I die. So that catches us up in Genesis. Uh, one thing that I noticed and I wanted to get your opinion, you know where it says that he became a father yeah. to Pharaoh. It makes me wonder if Pharaoh was somehow young. I think so. That, that was my thought, too, is that he was yeah. he was probably, you know, because many times they were, you know, young, really young. Right, young, yeah. You know, especially, especially with all the murder and, you know, yeah. assassination and everything that took yeah. place against him. So if his, if the previous Pharaoh, you know, had died and he, you know, he's a young one and he, the the text, even the way Pharaoh responds to Joseph, uh, would seem to indicate that you know that yeah. he's, he he gives he knows he's in charge, he knows his position, but he definitely right. seems to give deference to him, and says, hey, you know, look, you're 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 pretty wise, I you know, why don't you do it? <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. Yeah, I agree. That's that was my line of thinking on that as well. So, um. I forget the exact scripture address, but in Galatians, Paul says that from the giving of the covenant of Abraham to the giving to the giving of the law of Moses is 430 years. Uh-huh. So he sets up the guardrails from what is it, Genesis 12, I think, um, to Mount Sinai. 
is four hundred thirty. So you know, everybody preaches that the Israelites were slaves in Egypt for four hundred years, but the math doesn't work out. Right. You know, uh, no one's even in Egypt other than you know brief sojourning back and forth until uh, Joseph is sold into slavery, which is two hundred fifteen years after the covenant of Abraham. Yeah. And as we're seeing in this story. You know, they're treated like royalty. I mean, they're like it's all good for a number of years, and and then best I can figure, uh, there's at least one, maybe two more pharaohs, or or maybe even more, because you got another 215 years to go um, until we get to the Exodus. And but there's a pharaoh that knew not Joseph. So I mean, you're only talking a couple of generations here, uh-huh. especially at this time when these people are living, you know, longer. That for a pharaoh to arise that didn't remember Joseph, that doesn't make any sense at all, <laughs> unless he was a foreigner. And Chuck Missler is the first to point this out. That uh, I forget the uh, scripture address. I believe it's in Isaiah. Uh, I could be mistaken, but anyway, one of the prophets mentions that when the Assyrian uh, abused them in Egypt, that it was an Assyrian that came into the land, conquered the land, and and became the the pharaoh that was the pharaoh mm-hmm. in time that did not know Joseph. Right on. Which means that they were only slaves, best I can figure, on the low side, 80 years, or, or uh, uh, on the high side, 100 at the most. Uh-huh. But they were slaves in Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we start the next show, because I, I sent you a couple of passages which also verify uh, that the, you know, the enslavement actually started with the birth of. Um, of Isaac, and Isaac, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the four. That's where you get the four thirty. Four thirty, exactly. Yeah, it's because yeah. you have the four hundred, but it starts with it. Actually, the, the promise is to the descendants of Abraham, and Isaac being the first of the descendants. Uh, so that's where you get the four hundred thirty years. Right, and, and it even says in the passage that I'll quote next time that they only lived in the land of Egypt for two hundred and ten years. So. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. All right, brother. All right. Another great show. Yeah. Good night, you. everyone. Good night. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this video and this broadcast. We appreciate all of you and thank you for your patronage. Please do like and subscribe and share with your friends. God bless all of you and your seeking.